right across Australia on ABC Radio. Mark Fennell is my name. And when somebody in the public eye dies, there is a range of responses as people grieve, uh, particularly for an icon that they have a great affinity for. We saw that a lot in 2016. But the death of Carrie Fisher will also have a surprising effect. Uh, in the wake of her death, the death of Princess Leia, as it were, Walt Disney, who produced the Star Wars franchise, are expected to receive one of the largest insurance payouts in history. We're seeing reports of anywhere between 41 and $67 million uh, when they took out a policy for Carrie Fisher to complete her work in future Star Wars movies. Now, how exactly does that work? Well, Matt Bellany is the executive editor of The Hollywood Reporter, and he joins us now from the United States. Thanks so much for joining us, Matt. No problem. So... I mean, we are seeing reports about this being one of the biggest payouts of this kind. Does that sound right to you? Well, keep in mind that you know we haven't confirmed whether this policy exists. There are several reports saying it does, and the value could be up to $50 million. That would not surprise me. And secondly, we haven't learned whether Disney is going to exercise this policy. Um, but assuming they do, this is something that studios increasingly look to because the investment in their films is so great. And you see situations, most notably where Paul Walker, the star of the Fast and the Furious franchise, died unexpectedly in the middle of filming. The studios want to be covered in case that happens. And this insurance, it's basically just taking out insurance. You're ensuring your stars will be available to perform in the movie. Who are the hardest sorts of stars to insure? Because the the famous stories about studios being unable to insure Robert Downey Jr. in the nineties is that the sort of people who who sit on that risky edge? Of course. Now, now that kind of gets misreported sometimes. Everything is insurable. Everything you can find insurance for. It's just the question of how much the cost is going to be and whether it becomes cost prohibitive for a studio to do so. When you have a star that is so troubled, like a Robert Downey Jr. in the 90s or something like Lindsay Lohan or someone like that who has a history of erratic behavior, the cost to insure someone is extremely large. Now, in the case of Star Wars, it makes sense that they would have insurance on some of these stars because they are older. Now, Harrison Ford is in his mid-70s, I'm sure there is insurance, there was insurance on him in the, in the first Star Wars film. Carrie Fisher, who is only 60 years old, um, probably wasn't considered that much of a, of a fear of her passing away, but the, you know, the tragic circumstances have changed that. Has insurance ever stood in the way of a, of a movie being made? Uh, not that I understand in terms of uh, well, I should say, yes, that, that is true, because, you know, there were times when Robert Downey Jr. was not able to perform in certain movies because um, I believe it was the Chaplin movie um, that someone had to step in and pay the insurance fee in order for him to be able to perform in the movie to get going. So there, there are situations where insurance becomes so expensive that it can prevent an actor from performing, but it's rare that they wouldn't just recast. This was a situation where this, you know, Downey really wanted to do it and, and um, people that were his friends ponied up the money. But um, in, in a situation like Star Wars, where it's got a giant studio behind it, or Paul Walker with Fast and Furious, where there is a, you know, inherently dangerous element to what they're doing, um, I could see insurance becoming a factor there, um, because those are just such huge investments.
These movies cost hundreds of millions of dollars. They do indeed. Matt Bellany is the executive editor of The Hollywood Reporter. He joins us now. We're talking about what happens uh, with Walt Disney in the wake of the death of Carrie Fisher. Now, we do understand that she has filmed uh, all of her scenes for the upcoming Star Wars movie, the one that will be out at Christmas next year. But there were reports that she was due to take a larger role in, in the next one, the, the ninth Star Wars movie, which hasn't started filming yet. And it's become increasingly clear, certainly to people that have seen Rogue One, that there is another path that is available to Walt Disney here which is completely computer generating a character which is uh, which is something that they did in in the new movie rogue one if you've seen it do you think disney are likely to take up the option of a completely computer generated carrie fisher or is that just going to be too on the nose for people do you think matt bellany um i personally think it depends on how they plan to use the character of princess leia in the, the episode nine, because if you, you know, if you use it sparingly, if you use the CGI sparingly and in a way that, you know, can bring a character back to life for a few fleeting moments or in a few scenes where they're just standing there or in a crowd or in a background or saying one or two words, that's one thing. But what we haven't seen in a Hollywood movie is the ability to recreate a character for a fully realized an emotional performance where that that character is acting opposite other actors in a way that requires the emotion and feeling that an actor brings to a scene and i think disney would be very uh it would be very risky for them to try to do a computer generated princess leia in an emotional say reunion scene with luke skywalker or something like that where the the look on her face might take an audience out of the scene Right. It's interesting. Uh, we're seeing reports about different agencies and different clients in Hollywood starting to manage what their estate can and can't do with their digital image after they died. I, I noticed that Robin Williams, uh, his image has been banned for commercial means until the year 2039. Are you starting to hear more about clients managing how their images can be used after their passing? Yeah, that's been that's been the case for a long time because it, it, there's two sides of it. You know, you don't want an unauthorized use of your image, but there also is money to be made. In California, you have a right of publicity and a right to exploit your own image for years and years and years after you die. And the estates of some deceased celebrities have made a fortune capitalizing on that. So it's, it's not just to protect you from being used in an unauthorized way. It's also to control that use and allow it to be used to make money for your, your family after you're gone. I'm wondering just for you personally, I mean, you, you work in obviously the, mu the movie and the entertainment business. You watch a lot of films. As you watch uh, the two completely digital characters in, in Rogue One, do you think they were successful? Were you convinced? I'll be honest with you. I went to the premiere of Rogue One. And the actor, Peter Cushing, who, who was brought back to life, I didn't know he passed away. And I didn't know till after the movie ended and talking to people that he was, was recreated and wasn't alive. So for that character, it absolutely worked for me. I've since talked to others, particularly experts in the field, who said, you know, if you know, if you have heard about it, you can tell. And, you, and you can all, it's always the eyes that give it away. Yeah, right. You look in a character's eyes, it's very difficult to recreate what human eyes look like on film. Excellent. So no doubt that this is, uh, no, no chance this is going to damage the, the future of the, the Star Wars franchise, which seems to be doing, safe to say, rather well. 
Yeah, this is not, I mean, this is a particular instance where they're going, this is a prequel to the original film, so it was something that they really wanted to have these original characters in, and I think they utilized it just enough where they got away with it and they fooled people, and I don't know that they'll go much further with this technology, but who knows? Matt Bellany, thank you so much for talking to us. No problem. Matt Bellany is the executive editor of The Hollywood Reporter. He, you can also hear him on the phenomenal podcast, The Business, which comes out of KCRW in the US. Mark Fennell is my name. And right across Australia, this is ABC Radio.